DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision Summer LASIK Sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland, joins us now on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Steve, good morning. Good morning. Steve, the USA. You and I are both (laughs) about the same age to remember the shock. I was a little kid. It was the first Olympics that I have any memory of at all. But I can remember how shocked, even though I didn't get to see the game, how shocked everyone was the USA lost in 1972 and how they were cheated. And then, in 88, we were just beaten. So we sent the NBA in 92. But the NBA lost in 2004, and I'm getting the feeling the NBA guys aren't going to bring home the gold this year. Am I being too negative? Uh, No, probably not. And, I mean, I think the world's changed a lot since those early days when you and I were watching those games as younger kids and stuff. But... uh, yeah, it, it's just one of those things that uh, with all the things that have gone on in the world in the last year and a half, you know, it probably seemed, and, and, and realistically, it was impossible for the best players in in the NBA and or in the world to, to all show up for this. And, I mean, there's a lot of guys that just, you know, basically said, hey, you know what, I'm not going to do it this year. Or, obviously, the two NBA seasons we've just experienced took quite a toll on a lot of folks. So, you know, we don't have that that team that uh, that we watched many years ago and, and the dream team and those but uh, I still think I mean I'm not I'm not giving up on them I mean it doesn't look great when when you've already lost three games uh, two in the, in the early ones that the qualifier that don't really count just the practice games but um, yeah there's there's no reason for them to lose to France but I mean I'm certainly not blaming it on Middleton and Booker and and Drew Holiday who actually actually played really well um, you know, they just don't seem to have a lot of size, and and, and when KD plays poorly, uh, they're going to have a they're going to have a hard time winning. And uh, they just you know they couldn't make baskets, and uh, it just it, I, I saw a little bit of clips of it, so I didn't really watch the game itself. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it was one of those things that you could just see that the toughness and the, you know every game they play. Uh, this is the game of the year for every country that plays in the United States. But they're good enough. They're good enough. Durant just can't go one for six for the three and score ten. Lillard, three for ten. Uh, Middleton obviously didn't score, but I don't blame anything on him. Uh, they just don't have a way to get easy baskets inside either. I think that hurts them. So I'm quite confident they'll win the next two games. Uh, but after that, who knows? Yeah. So I think uh, I think you hit on something there. Don't blame the guys who are there, and it's easy to blame yeah. them because they're the ones you know who are missing four shots in a row, five shots in a row, six shots in a row, seven shots in a row. So I get that, but I still don't really want to do that. And we put these questions up on our Facebook page and kind of get the you know, the pulse of the people and all that. And Scott said, uh, "Send them home. They don't care." Well, I don't, I don't buy that. I think once you turn the scoreboard on, they're going to care. So I think they care. I think the question is, for the guys who aren't there, do they care enough? Because I think the answer there, now, now you've got a question. Because there's a lot of guys who played in the NBA who are willing to play for their country in multiple summers. 
Joe Ingles is in his fourth Olympic Games, and he played in the World yeah. Championships, now the World Cup. And so you're looking at a guy who's written off, that's at least eight summers, but I know it's more than that. I can't tell you Joe's played every summer. Um, I mean, last summer, nobody played. But, um, but he has played most, if not all, of his professional summers when he could. And I think the, the teamwork you build up for France, for Spain, for Australia, for the other elite teams, and the U.S., can they get guys to play two or three summers in a row? Because that's what they had in 08. The guys played, the core of guys played together in multiple summers, played in the World Championships, now the World Cup. Can they get U.S. players to do that? Because it, it does require some level of teamwork. There's a tremendous amount of talent in the U.S., but they need some teamwork. And I, I think your point's well taken. And I, and I think that uh, the number of, of, of players playing in the NBA, you're right, there's Joe Ingles and others that would play every summer with their, you know, their national teams. That doesn't seem to be a real high priority. I'm not saying for a moment that these guys don't love their country and, and are proud about being on that team and excited about being on that team. But there is something to be said about preparation and learning how to play with each other. I mean, my goodness, the, the chemistry, the, those kinds of things, the system that they're involved in that they've been doing over four or five years, they have confidence in that, like they do it in their own NBA team. They, they know the system. There's great chemistry. Teams don't have great success unless they have that chemistry and guys are on the same page. And if it's just a lot of perimeter shooting and, you know, guy, you, know you, you take the first good look and shoot it and just assume that because they're great shooters in the NBA that that's going to happen, it's going to be different. They're going to see a lot of different types of defenses, too. They're going to be zoned a lot. They're going to force them to shoot perimeter shots. Um, besides the fact that it, everybody they play, it's the game of the year. You know, I mean, game of the century for that country. I mean, it's they're hyped. They're ready. They're and, and, and there's, to be honest with you, there's a lot of really good players in the world today. And we see that where uh, so many of these countries have NBA guys. So it's not like it was where there just wasn't a talent level. The talent level has risen. Certainly we would expect more from the guys that are playing right now in the NBA, even though we maybe don't have all the great players. But we've got enough players that if these guys have been playing together, as you mentioned, for the last two or three summers, or they had been together where they could – develop that chemistry, understand that system, and how, you know, you, you wonder after what they've gone through, uh, how hungry are they? Uh, you know, really how competitive are they going to be in, in this situation and circumstance? And you take a Joe Ingles who is proud of his Australian heritage and he's playing with guys he's played with, I'm assuming probably for the last 10 or 15 years that uh, they, they've just got a different connection than the U.S. team, who's bringing individuals together for the not for the first time. These guys have known each other, but really, this group hasn't played together uh, other than some of those practice games. They come right out of an NBA season, and they're not prepared. They're not nearly as prepared as the teams are going to play. In some situations, you figure there's enough talent there to beat most teams, but to beat the elite Olympic teams here, they're going to have to grind and go through what it takes in the NBA to win a win a series. And the problem is, it's not best out of seven. <laughs> you know, they, this, you're one and done. And, you know, I mean, outside of the, the pool play they're playing now, you can lose a ball game. But after that, you know, you're going home. So I'm hopeful that they'll get together. I, I have great respect for Middleton and Booker and, and uh, Drew Holiday uh, flying over there, getting there. I mean, I listened to them talk about this experience. I, I, and I don't know if it's the first time for all three of them. 
It may be, but they seemed excited and and, and uh, really eager to get over there and get be a part of it. But it, in all fairness to them, uh, you know, they need some rest. And hopefully, this will be a bit of a wake up call where they'll get some confidence. And I know they, I think they play the Czech Republic. Who's the other team that they play? I they forgot. play. They play Iran Wednesday, and they ought to win that. Yeah. And then they play the Czech Republic on Saturday, and then. Then it gets eight teams, single elimination, and you know we'll have to see what yeah, the draw is. Right. So hopefully these two games, they can develop some chemistry. They can get on the same page. They can get some confidence back. But it's, it's going to be a grind. I, I, I think they're talented enough to win the thing. There's no question in my mind. But you know how things – if you don't take the right mental approach to this and you're not all in uh, physically, emotionally, mentally, um, you're going to get beat. You're going to get beat, and because the the talent level from all of these countries have not just representatives from the NBA, but guys playing in Europe and different places, and, and they're older and they're more mature, and their their size. I think at the rim, these guys are big, and this is really a team made up of slender, uh, kind of perimeter type players. I, I don't know who where the beef is inside and where the girth is. That you need to be in, in, in a game, you know. I mean, my goodness, you can play above the rim, you can, you can do whatever you want. So, I think that's the weakness of this team. They just don't have the size. Uh, and these games typically turn into half court games. And even though there's shot clocks and those kinds of things, it's about pounding it inside. And, you know, whether they can deal with that over the course of, you know, three, four, five, six games, it, it's to be seen. But, uh, yeah, all of those things are things that make you question a little bit whether the United States is prepared and really has the depth and, and the girth inside to deal with a game that's very physical. And, and you know, in the NBA, it, it's changed. You know, it used to be a real physical game. But now fouls are called and guys, it's just it's, it's a little bit softer game in the NBA than it used to be. Now, you know, we beat the Suns and – you know, they both competed at a high level, and Milwaukee played with great energy, and uh, and, and they had that toughness. And that's what the pundits are going to look at here. Where's the toughness? Where's the competitiveness? And uh, they can't just rely on the three ball, that's for sure, to win this thing. So switching gears to the Utah Jazz, uh, we had David Locke on a few days ago, and I was talking to him about the the and I think the front office, from what I've heard, they like to keep things really secretive. So I'm sure there's stuff I don't know, but I think that there's the awareness inside the organization, and I think the awareness needs to grow in the fan base that it's time to be all in. And if the Jazz trade out of the first round, and I get it, if they see the next Rudy Gobert, who they got at 27, if they see him at 30, well, don't trade out. I mean, obviously, but that roster spot and that money might be better used on a veteran who can give you something in one matchup in one playoff series because the future for a championship is now. Rudy Gobert is 29. He is elite size and elite mobility, and that's not going to last forever. Three, four, five years down the road, that is going to slip, and he's not going to be able to get beat at the three-point line and spin around and chase down a Dallas Maverick and block a shot to win a game. He's just not going to be moving like that at some point. And Donovan Mitchell signed for five years, but the fifth year is his option. And we know from watching what happened with Anthony Davis and James Harden that you get down to the last year of the deal and you might have to move somebody and move on. If it's not working and you're not getting to the finals winning the title, 
So they might, at that point, have to break everything up. So the future is now for the next three years. Are you buying all that line of thinking, and would you be comfortable with them going old and signing 31-year-old veterans, even if it's for a limited role with an eye towards a playoff series? Given a world where, you know, what have you done for me lately? And, 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 and we, we all think that way. You know, it's, it's about the moment. It's now. And uh, I, I, I believe, to be honest with you, that they need to trade the draft picks. They need to figure out how they can, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, well, you could take the idea that, well, we'll trade our draft picks. Maybe we'll get a couple of second rounders. You know, well, those guys aren't going to help you win. I mean, I'm not saying those guys can't be players at some point in time. And, uh, but I, I think, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not as much up on it, but just looking at the Jazz, I, I like the idea of trading some players, trading some picks, and, and get one one more player that fits in. That, you know, I mean, I, I'm assuming that they're going to bring Conley back and I'm, that, you know, we're going to assume that everybody's going to get healthy. And so, is that a six seven six eight you know combo wing uh, you know three and D guy that can come in and give them sixteen points a game? I don't know exactly who's out there, and we'll know more after this draft. But yeah, that I, I completely agree with that mentality that they need to go and get it done now because you, otherwise otherwise they're in a situation where they're always going to be almost there, almost going to be there, and they're going to get farther away if they don't get better right now. And the league's going to be, my goodness, the, the league is not going away. I mean, Phoenix has gained a lot of success, and the Lakers are going to be back, and, and they're going to be hopefully healthy. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's not going to get any easier. And, uh, and But the Jazz, all right, they're at a point right now. they they got to know what they watched and saw where they fell a little bit short or injuries really hurt them, that they're not that far away. And so if they want to get to an NBA Finals, they, they need to bring somebody in that can give them 15 or 16 and, and has had some experience. I don't know exactly who that is, but, but at the end of the day, if you're, telling, if you're asking me, hey, do we trade our picks? Do we get some second-rounders? Do we you know, try to improve ourselves for the future? I would say you, 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 you trade and do everything you do right now to get yourself back to the NBA Finals next year and, uh, or in the next year or two. Because that group is, is you know, they, they've dealt with some injuries this year, but for the most part, that's a veteran team that has the ability to get there. And, uh, you, you know, I mean, the Suns made everybody believers of that this year. And we say what you want about people getting hurt. Injuries always play a part in every every NBA season. Every NBA season, there's teams in the finals who there's an injury, and it just, it just happens. You, I mean, you can't control that. So my, I, I, I would be all in on finding another guy that can make an impact and then uh, get in great shape and be prepared for another great year. But to to go young or trade a bunch of people to start trying looking for something else doesn't... So I think the, the, the notion of like who is out there and who is available uh, there, I just read a great story uh, about Philadelphia and the 76ers and that Everyone is assuming Daryl Morey is going to trade Ben Simmons before the year, before the next season starts. But he's not really available right now. But there's two things everybody's waiting for. One is for 
uh, Bradley Beal in Washington. Is he going to make a trade demand or not? And if he does, will it be public or not? And then Damian Lillard, when he gets back from the Olympics, what does he think of what the Blazers have done? Same thing. What does he say privately? What does he say publicly? Once people find out if those two guys are going to be available or not, then they'll make the moves. But it's like the free agent market with the pecking order. You know, well, I've got some guys who want to move, but i got to know if I'm going to be in on the two biggest prizes. Now, if those guys aren't going to be on the markets, they're both like, I'm good, let's, let's give this a shot next year. Then you move on to your other options. But everybody's kind of holding back, waiting, and it's, it's dominoes falling, essentially, or not falling, as the case may be. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I read a few things and listen uh, to some serious radio at times. And, 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 you know, I mean, I'm hearing Beal. I mean, right now they're trying to make sense of whether he goes and plays for the Warriors, you know, or later goes to to L.A. and uh, or, or wherever. Um, you know, those aren't those aren't guys that, that the Jazz are going to be involved with. But Ben Simmons is somebody that they could be involved with, depending on what the circumstances are. And, uh, again... I've read enough about Simmons to know that I, I would have, in, in my mind as a GM or as a coaching staff, that we we can help this kid become a better shooter. You know, I mean, it's not it's not something that he he doesn't have to be a forty percent three point shooter. I mean, we we watched uh, Giannis, you know, go seventeen for nineteen in the finals when he had been a forty percent you know free throw shooter. Uh, I, I I just I just always believed that that is something that can be fixed. Even though it seems really broken mentally and emotionally, the kid's kind of a mess and all, all the things that went on during the NBA, those things can't be fixed. And it doesn't have to happen immediately. And it's just a matter of mentally and emotionally getting yourself in the right place with the right people. I mean, I, I don't know if the Jazz could be involved with Simmons and, and what they'd have to give up, but maybe they won't have to give up a lot. Maybe it's one of those things that uh, they'd just like to get rid of him and get his money so that they can look at a Beal or a Lillard or whomever else is out there. Um, I'm not enough in the end on no on that, but if I had a chance to get Simmons, I'd go after him. I mean, he's he's young. He, you, he, you can fix those things. Those ideas, well, they'll never be fixed. His shot will always be broke. They'll always be a mental wreck. I, I don't believe that. And, and uh, there's nothing about that kid that I've watched as he's played that seems like he's not but a great young man that wants to get better, and I can't even imagine what he's gone through here recently, but that can all be fixed. And if you could you somehow, some way, get someone like that into a, to the, to a jazz situation where, man, defensively you get better, rebounding you get better, you kind of can do a lot of other things that are really, really, really good, but we all just want to focus on the fact that he can't make a free throw. When I watch Giannis make 17 free throws, I realize then and there that, you know what, here's a guy that couldn't make one all year, and all of a sudden he does. It, it, a lot of it probably will have to do more with uh, kind of a, a mental coach, somebody that can work with his mind and help him get through those things, and uh, and then just getting lots of shots up. I think we all want to blow that thing up like, oh, it's never going to happen, but I don't believe that. I, I believe that Ben Simmons is going to end up being a really good NBA player, and that at some point in time he's going to figure that out and once he does, uh, he's going to be a pretty special. He already has a special talent with, with the inability to shoot the basketball. So it's just, it, it's just a matter of how long, who you're going to get with him. You know, who are the who are the coaches or the the therapy type guys, therapist guys that can can kind of work with athletes that can help him get to another place uh, emotionally and mentally with the shooting. But man, he would. 
he would have an immediate impact in Utah. He would have an immediate impact wherever he goes. But in Utah, uh, that kind of athleticism and that ability to defend 94 feet and uh, do the things that he does would be a great get if that could happen. So, Steve, as a former BYU and Fresno State basketball coach, what are basketball coaches around America thinking as Oklahoma and Texas announce, uh, you know, Grant rights, blah, they're setting themselves up to go to the SEC. What are all the basketball coaches thinking as this football-driven stuff goes on? You know, I actually had that thought this this week, thinking about where there's opportunities. And uh, I, I, I don't, I mean, I, I think that, we are all aware of what pays the bills and whatever. When the most, you know, obviously the NFL and uh, and college football are huge money makers, and they make the world go round. And we get that. I think most basketball coaches uh, don't have the time or or the mindset that you're going to worry about that stuff. I mean, not that they wouldn't have an opinion, but they got so many other things that they're dealing with. It's like, okay. Uh, we're going to be in a new conference now. I mean, that would that would give you a little bit of trepidation. And all of a sudden, I've got to re- get prepared for a whole new group of guys. And I'm pretty comfortable in this league. I know the coaches, so that, that it would it would be a bit of a burden in terms of getting ready. But there's, there's also uh, the, the other side of the coin is that you know they're not, the, the league's going to have to get ready for new teams as well. I don't think, to be honest with you, that the coaches, the elite coaches at that level, uh, really probably care. Uh, they they've got one thing to do, whether, no matter what league they're in. So I, I think probably there is some uh, raised eyebrows and what you know, what are we doing now, um, and, and where this takes us in terms of other sports. I it, it appears that the commissioners, I mean, basketball it brings in a, a lot of revenue as well, but it's not football at the highest level. We we, we do understand where the bread's buttered here. And it is in football, but I don't think that most college basketball coaches really care, to be honest with you. I mean, it, it could be a circumstance that, uh, uh, you know, improves their circumstances financially and maybe uh, allows some schools. But, most, you know, in the Big 12 and, and the SEC, the, the basketball programs are not without. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it, I, I don't even know if it would change that. You know, like, oh, hey, we're gonna, oh, all going to get new practice facilities because we're going into the SEC or this or that. Uh, personally, I don't think they're going to spend a lot of time worrying about it. And uh, they're out recruiting and they're trying to win games and, and do what football coaches are doing and uh, just in a different setting, in a different circumstance. So I can't imagine, other than some raised eyebrows and like, well, what's going on now? But they've got jobs, and no matter what league they're in, they're all trying to win conference championships, get to the get to the tournament, and win a national championship. So I don't think that's going to be too big of a distraction for basketball coaches. Steve, as always, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again. Yep. All right, buddy. See you. Take care. Have a good yep. week. Bye-bye. Our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland, join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. When we come back, everything you missed in this show, Oklahoma and Texas making news this morning, U.S. basketball trying to regroup. We'll get to it all next. Stay with us.